I take everything I'm feeling. I push all of it into my fist. And I fight for it. Hello. Hi. 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 How's it going? Pretty well, thank you. That's good. Thank you. Yes. I mean, how are you? Um. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm <laughs> excited for what is apparently episode twenty. Yeah. Of the podcast. Yes. Although but it is episode eleven. Yes. Of Sense8. Sense8. True. I know our twentieth episode. That's so exciting. Well, what's the episode called? The episode is called "Just Turn the Wheel and the Future Changes." Which is, of course, a line. From Kala. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. I'm like, there's a lot of driving themes going on in this episode. These titles, they get very long in the do. end of season yeah. one. It's true. It's like the back half. They're just like, let's let's do this. So let's let's talk about it. Let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Leto. Oh, wait. He's not in this episode. Oh, yeah, he is. At all. To be fair, his storyline completely wrapped up last episode. Yeah, he had a lot of material. Yeah, and they don't really need him until the finale anyway. But it is like... I think him and Wolfgang are two of the Sensates who, at some point in the first season, they're not in a single episode. Like, they're... Leto's not in this one, and then I think Wolfgang wasn't in one of them Mm -hmm. previously. So, boom. Knocked that one out of the park. Nailed it. Yeah. Who else do you want to talk about? I'm going to talk about Kala. Kala? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so Kala is... Uh, she finally has her talk with Rajan. He's like, guess what? Dad pulled through. It's crazy. Mom thinks it's because she started praying again, so that's going to be some fun tension. <laughs> family dinners. Um, and then Kala confesses to him that the reason why his dad came to the temple was to talk to her and tell her that he doesn't think they're a good match and they should call the wedding off. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I already knew yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And she's like, wait, what? And he's I just like, yeah, yeah, of course, my father. Yeah. And then she gets all uppity being like, oh, is that is that why you wanted to marry me? Because it was some sort of, like, act of rebellion against your father? He's like, no, not initially. <laughs> uh, he's like, no, no, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt that, you know, adds a little spice to it. But, uh, no, I, I wanted to marry you because I love you. And she's like, oh. Yeah, okay. Kala, she's looking for another way out. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Doesn't really sound like a real question when she says it. Mm. Like, oh, I knew it. That's why you wanted me. But it's like she knows that that's not true. I mean, it's a valid question. I think it's like one that should be brought up. But it, it, you can also yeah. tell just like from the way she says it, you're just like, I'm not sure if she wholeheartedly believes that. She's like, oh. Oh, is this the reason? She's been looking for all these ways out that involve other people uh, letting her out. And it's like this great opportunity for her to do it. You know, if if Rajan was doing it for the wrong reasons, then she could say, oh, like, well, then I'm out of here. Yeah. (laughs) But But he's like, no, I love you. Uh, I guess the real question is, do you still want to marry me? And it's like, ha-ha. Awkward. I believe that's the last we'll be hearing from Rajan yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that happens, and then Kala goes to the temple, 
and she sees a little shrine to Rajan's daddy, you know, where he got stabbed, McStabby. Mm-hmm. That was an unintentional rhyme, and I'm proud of it. But uh, there's a bunch of, there's a, a group of believers crowded up over there, and sh- they're just like, oh, thank you. She's like, oh, my gosh, no, thank you. This is so kind. And it gets, like, creepy real fast. <laughs> they're really they're creepy. Like, yeah, no, thank you for bringing him to us. They repeat everything she says. Yeah, <laughs> it's like part of the ship, part of the crew. <laughs> it's scary, but essentially they're thanking her for luring him to the temple so they could stabby stab him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, whoa, this is not cool. It's not what I, I intended at all. And they're like, no, it's fine. And they get really touchy-feely. And she's like, don't touch me. And then Will shows up and he... Is a badass. He uses his fancy cop move. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. And he, he's like, I see you here again. You're going to understand what violence means. And you're like, good to have Will in your corner. And they all leave. Yeah. And they're like, time to go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I believe this is Will's first official meeting with Kala. They don't actually introduce themselves. But uh, she's like, oh, where are you from? Because he's always like the one in awe of a place he's in. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, so this is India. She's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm in Chicago, but my mind is elsewhere. (laughs) So he has a discussion with Kala, kind of being like, I don't know what's wrong with her, why she's in the hospital, but I hope she's okay. Riley. They don't. Hmm? Riley. What did I say? I mean, we never mentioned Riley. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My bad. Riley's in the hospital, guys. It's kind of hard because all the characters are merging, and they're just going to merge a lot more. But yes, Riley's in the hospital in Iceland. Will's there, and he's talking to Kala about it, and she's like, I'll be here if you need me. He's like, cool. And then while they're having their little discussion, Kafius pops up, and Kala's like, Kafius! So it's like, it's a bunch of introductions in this one. Mm-hmm. So, well, she's met Kafius. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, Will hasn't. Yeah. So she's kind of like the little introduction lady. Will doesn't get a chance to talk to these people properly. Like, yeah. He shows up for Kala when she gets angry yeah. and just does his thing yeah. and Kafia's uh immediately says I need help and uh-huh. Will once again has to spring into yeah. action. So but yeah, so uh it's Call's first time meeting Will and Riley, even though Riley is unconscious. And uh yeah. And then she sees Kafias and I think that is pretty much it for her except for her final scene with Wolfgang mm-hmm. where he's driving into his uncle's house and she's like this is a bad place I'm like yes it is look how low those fences are that's not going to keep anybody out um, but she kind of knows that Wolfgang is headed into his uncle's house to kill him and she's like don't do this violence is not fun I'm not a fan also like I have feelings for you and you have feelings for me and he's just like you know, there's parts of our worlds that we'll never understand, and this is inevitable. There's a lot of, like, Matrix lines in here. Um, and she tells, she throws out the episode line of, just turn the wheel and the future changes, meaning, like, turn around, go back, and he's like, nope, gotta do this, because as long as that man is alive, he's gonna go after the people I love. And, and then she's like, oh shit. And then she's crying in her lab. And that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So... That's Kala. And, you know, that's what Wolfgang's doing, too. Except he also makes a stop in to sneak Felix out of the hospital and yeah. bring him to a secret other hospital. Right. Fun note, guys. If you want to really bash somebody's head <laughs> in, just get, like, a metal toolbox. Um, so he's, he's set up, you know, yeah. where he's got Felix out of the way, and he's going to go 
do his thing. Kind of just like Kafius in this one. Mm. He's moved the other people out of the way, and he's going to go confront the problem yeah. himself. Yep. And that's, I think, all that Wolfgang really does, because he's just preparing for his big star moment next mm-hmm. episode. That's true. So, yeah. Felix is safe, guys. All is right with the world. And his name is now Conan Conan. Yeah, Conan Conan. <laughs> Yeah, when he drops off the Felix at the secret Wes Anderson-looking hospital, um, he pays off the doctor to take care of him, and he's just like, if anybody comes looking for a man with his description, you call me, you don't tell anybody, like, we gotta keep this on lock. And the guy's like, what, sh- what are we gonna call him? And he's like, Conan. First name or last name? Yes. And you're like, that is not helpful. Conan Conan is clearly a fake name, Wolfgang. So, uh, yeah, so he's headed into the... the lion's den there at his uncle's place which again low fences bad security i don't know if it's like a statement or something but whatever so yeah that's pretty much his storyline for this one mm-hmm. um and then we get who do we want to talk about next we talk about uh Coffeeus. yeah so Coffeeus, this is like a big episode for him uh he drops off amundi at jella's place and it's like awkward introductions being like who's this who have you brought to my house to hang out with my friends so nice to meet you what's your name and she's just like amundi kabaka and he's like ah shit (laughs) (laughs) and so kafius is just like hey here are a list of instructions in case i don't return at a certain time and jello's like this is not great and amundi's like dude you coming back and then jello does the you know phantom always comes back and he's like i'll see you tonight (laughs) He's like, okay, it's a moment of confidence, but you can tell they're also very worried for him. Um, so he drives the Van Dam to the Super Power Gang hideout, which is like a big ass warehouse. Um, I don't even know if it's a hideout, if it's just like home base. Yeah. But it's a big warehouse, and they have very fancy bikes that are multicolored. That will come into play later yeah. down the line. Uh, so he meets with. I looked on the credits. I didn't look it up. Uh, online, but in the credits, the tall guy who's head of the superpower gang mm-hmm. is just credited, like after the episode, as superpower leader. All right. So I'm sure he has a name, but we don't know it yet, no, and no. they haven't actually technically credited it yet. So we will look that up later down the line. But as of now, he's just gonna be tall man to us, <laughs> unless we want to call him superpower leader. I like that. You want to do that? Yeah. Okay. So Superpower Leader Van is there. <laughs> and they're just like, Van Damme, you're a smart guy. And I'm just like, what is it with people <laughs> confronting the Sensei's being like, you're smart. You made the right decision today. Because it's like him and Wolfgang's cousin. You're like, I stopped talking about their intelligence and their ability to make decisions because it is usually the opposite of what you wanted. Um, so Coffeeus is like, hey, I'm here. And then Superpower Tall Man is like, where's Mundi? It's like, dude, she's a child. You crazy. She's not here. And your fight's not with her or with my mom. It's with me. So I've come to settle this like a man and like... Like a man? Like a man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he finds that hilarious. And he takes out his little machete because that's what you do when you are amused by somebody. And he's like, all right, change of plans. So he leads him into the warehouse with the rest of the superpower gang and reveals that there is a very, very beat up Silas Kabaka. And he's calling him a bitch. And he's like, We've been trying to train her and it's just super, super overboard yeah, misogynistic language. Yeah, just a bit. Anyway, 
so he's like, the job done, I here's, guess. Yeah, he's like, he, this. here's my, my ultimate plan was to have uh, him watch us kill his daughter because, you know, we're good, happy people. <laughs> he's like, but instead, Kavius, I'm going to have you kill him. How about that? And we're going to film it. We're going to film it because we crazy. And so he, he hands the machete to Kavius, and I think there's this really kind of great moment where Kabaka just looks at him and he's like just do it quickly mm. and, and I think it's like meant to like appease the guilt a little bit being like it's okay I mean it's not okay I really don't want to get my head chopped off by a machete but like I think it's like a, if I were you I'd do it yeah he was like I would just yep and so uh, power the spirit of Van Damme flows through Kafius aka mm-hmm. Sutton shows up and it's a really cool scene it's like uh, he's literally at gunpoint on one hand like on one side of him or the other side the guy's filming him and he has the machete raised and it cuts to a scene where Sutton is pacing in prison and then her pacing is intercut with his pacing in prison mm-hmm. and she's a little machine of rage and we will touch upon that when we <laughs> t- address yes. her a little bit more thoroughly but they're you know, intersection of their scenes is uh, it's really cool intercutting of pacing and punching and just kind of getting worked up in prison and uh, <laughs> bug-eyed superpower man who has him at gunpoint keeps calling him a bitch because that's just the theme of this scene and, and, uh, and his little henchman says it Yeah. and I always it, it seems like he's like, I can do it too he's like, I'm cool Yeah. and then uh, Sun does the delivery of call me a bitch one more time and and he calls him a bitch. And you pointed this out. I've never noticed this in all the times we've seen it mm-hmm. with the, the video filming. Um, it's super cool. Do you want to take it away? I don't want to well, take the spotlight It's here. a pretty small shot. Yeah. But once the sun is switched and you can see her instead of Kafia standing there, uh, you also have a shot where the camera is filming her, except on the camera you can see that it's still Kafia. Yeah, the little iPhone that they're using to yeah. film the whole execution. And in real life, of course, it is looks like coffee to everyone. Yeah. But we see it as sun, so you get to see both of them. It's a really cool shot. I've never caught that before. It's really quick, too, so you kind of have to look for it. Similar to the scene, I think, where um, Riley and Sun are together and uh, Sun smokes and it comes out of Riley's mouth. Yeah. It's, or, it, yeah. it's one of the only examples... I can think of. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a hard thing to find creative ways to do that, mm-hmm. but it's cool that they they do that kind of thing to try to show the difference between what we're seeing or the sensates are seeing and what everyone else is seeing. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Sun kicks some serious ass with the machete. Uh, it's terrifying and great, and <laughs> she just murders everybody. But to be, I mean, this is not to, you know, condone murder. <laughs> But she had a really bad day, guys. So she's just ready to roll. Um, and they're not very nice people. No. Superpower. No, they are not. So she machetes people down. It's a, it's a very badass. She's chopping left and right. I think she would honestly give Sadis Kabaka a run for his money if they were two contestants unchopped. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. saying. Anyway, so she taps in for Kafius, and then uh, he escapes with Silas Kabaka in the van. And the Silas Kavaka's just like, thank you so much. I'm going to make you a very wealthy man. He's like, dude, I don't want your money. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I don't know what the plan is right now. We, we, we're not out of it yet. Just and get out of my life. Yeah, dude, 
you were you were causing problems for me. Um, and so, Coffee's experiences a traffic jam, which really sucks because traffic jams are dangerous. They're even more so when people on motorcycles with guns and machetes are after you, and you're in a very very big, obvious van. So uh, that's when Coffeeus pops up uh, to Will and Kala, and Kala's like, "Oh my God, Coffeeus!" What are you doing here? And he's just like, I think I'm going to die. And Will, not on my watch, Gorski, is like, no one's going to die. And so uh, that's his first meeting with Coffeeus. And uh, he essentially, like, sticks his little hand out the the window of the Van Dam while it stopped and is able to, you know, fight a dude and snag a gun. So at least mm-hmm. now he has a weapon on him because he literally has nothing on the bus. That's all he does. It's just interesting. Yeah. It's almost like really he just encourages Coffeeus by reminding him he yeah. can get out of the situation. He yeah. just goes like, I'll take care of this one guy. Yeah. And then Coffeeus goes back to being in control. I think it's one of those things where it's just like, Coffeeus is like, I'm stuck. Like, I don't even have a weapon. And Will's like, we're going to get you a weapon. You're going to be you're gonna be just fine. Um, because, I mean, obviously he can't really tap into anybody else's quote-unquote abilities right now because he's in a driving situation and he is the driver. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he gets to drive the completely wrong way mm-hmm. <laughs> on the road, which is terrifying. I love watching these scenes because just looking at Silas Kabaka in the background is really funny to me because he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is really, uh, this is really stressful and don't know if we're going to make it out, but it ends in a standoff between super power gang, tall guy leader on a bike chasing after him and they have a showdown between the bus and the bike. And it's a beautiful, beautiful moment where Coffeeus is yelling, you know, to ramp himself up as he, he's going to, you know, take Random. on this bike head on. And uh, super power tall guy swerves, but he still gets hit by the van. And it's a really cool shot <laughs> where it literally, because Van Dam kicking is like painted on the side of the bus. And the way it, it gets shot when he hits the bus, it literally looks like Van Damme is kicking him. <laughs> it's great. It's a joyous, joyous occasion. And he flies into a pile of cardboard boxes and trash. So he's he's not dead. He has been subdued until yes. next season. Yes. He's been power bus kicked in the face. Mm-hmm. So uh, they do that. Coffeeus returns with Silas Kabaka. Mundi's just chilling with Jello's family, having the time of her life, cooking something, don't know what. And uh, I, I, she's like, oh, okay, you're beat up. Are you okay? He's like, I am now. I'm alive. Everything's okay. She's like, all right, Dad. And he's like, I love you. She's like, I love you too. And this isn't the least bit traumatizing for me to see your face <laughs> swollen like this. So, um, and then he thanks Coffeeus. And Coffeeus is like, yep this is a crappy situation, but I'm glad we all made it out alive. We're safe for now. Yeah, for now seems to be, like, the general trend for Mm -hmm. this episode, because obviously it's the penultimate, but it's just like, we're just moving all the pieces into place to finish up season one, but also get some setup for things down the line that could be problems Mm -hmm. for them in season two. Well, we're going to need our characters for the finale, so most of them need to be in a place where they're not actively about to die exactly. in their own lives. It is true. So who else we got? Well, I think we should backtrack to talk about why Sun is so Angsty angry. Angsty and yeah. angry. Uh, well, she gets a visit from her brother in prison, 
and he says that he also wishes to admit what he has done. Yeah. And everything is going to be fine. Yeah. Totally. That's how that scene goes. <laughs> no, her her terrible, awful, no good brother shows up and was just like, son, I've got some terrible news. Our father killed himself. No, he didn't kill himself. Shame killed Shame him. Shame killed him. Like a cancer. Yes. But in reality, like, we totally found him in the car with, like, the hose and the exhaust pipe. So, you know, he asphyxiated himself. It's a very convincing performance. Oh, yeah, you know? totally. He says... He's going to have to live with this for the rest of his life. Yeah. Since he knew his father wasn't feeling well, but he didn't stay with him. Yep. And he's like, son, I don't want you to blame yourself. All we have is each other. And she's like, you are a straight up bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No, she does not say that. She just is like crying and she just very calmly, but you can tell there's emotion behind it. It's like, you killed our father. It's such a great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she acts it so well. Yeah. I was trying to pinpoint the moment when she actually realizes he did it. Yeah. Because since we don't trust him, you would think the instant he starts talking that she would know. Mm. But she doesn't. You know, when he, when he first starts talking about uh, how... Uh, what, uh, the first thing he says, because he doesn't say he's dead, he, yeah. which would be a nice way to open it, really. Yeah, really. Instead, he builds up Get dramatically. <laughs> You know, and says, like, our father was alone last night or something. And while he's talking, uh, son is sort of just looks like, oh, like, what are, <laughs> what what's news the news? Are you like, what me? is this? Yeah. And then it's around, like, when he starts saying the shame thing, I think, mm-hmm. that you can really see her, her eyes change. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't get angry at first, no. but she just switches to sort of her son like protecting herself from emotions so she just goes kind of dead <laughs> like yeah. she's observing and just waiting to see how he's going to finish his little speech mm-hmm. and then she waits for him to finish you know before she lets it out she's like yeah you suck yeah and then she leaps over the table and proceeds to beat the shit out of him and every time this happens in like prison situations in like film or tv i'm like where are the guards like come on guys also they, they come in pretty quick they do come in pretty quick and it is actually really satisfying to see her like punch her brother quite a few times not gonna lie not a huge fan i think the actor is actually fantastic because mm. he has to play a guy who is not a very good liar trying to convince his sister that like hey our father has killed himself yeah and i feel bad about it's it it's such a fake uh yeah brotherly thing yeah i think he's great actually yeah. uh doesn't get enough credit but that's just because he's so good at playing such a crappy person so well done uh but yeah she's like vows of vengeance on him and it's just like you are not getting away with this buddy i swear it and uh satisfying as that moment is for him to for him to you know get taken down a peg uh that is that little fight scene is definitely going to cause some problems for her in season two Hmm. down the line so anywho uh it ends with that she's placed back in solitary and she gets mad she gets mad and she's pacing with coffeeus and punching the wall with coffeeus she expresses some rage with machetes as she fills in for him and then uh she ends the show actually with an awesome line where Kala is at her lab crying and then it switches to Kala looking at Sun and Sun being like crying is not gonna help Wolfgang like Mm -hmm. 
and then she you know does her little mantra of, <laughs> or motto I should say where she's just like if you are going to try and contain all these feelings and decide not to feel anything you know you're just kind of pretty much dead inside because feeling is living so if you try not to it's not great and then Kala's like well what do you do and she's just like I take everything I'm feeling I like push it all into my fist and I fight for it and you're just like yeah nice which is great because that is going to be something they reference back to in season 2 so that's exciting and that ends the show Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a good last scene I think because it really kind of sets the stage for how all of them are feeling right now is they're like I'm having a lot of emotions it's a stressful time but we gotta pull together and fight for it so Mm -hmm. good stuff else you want oh the only person i haven't talked about uh, is minomi oh we, we have to talk about will or riley no there isn't anything to talk about with riley really yeah there is all right if you want it's really quick it's just her i mean the episode starts with her in the mountains the flashback yeah, she's well, getting we see the same flashback we saw in the end of episode 10 basically i mean not the exact same but there's yeah like a, like little, it's bit a little bit more detail like hey there's a car driving around she's stumbling around and she's freezing and there's a little bit more of Magnus in the car with her mm-hmm. and then she's kind of half awake in the hospital and Magnus is there being like it's okay to let go Riley you can die now and uh, Urs is there too who gives like the world's worst pep talk she's like you're a stupid girl you're gonna die here <laughs> you're like not a vote of confidence there lady um, and so her sweet dad is there playing Baba O'Reilly oh. the world's best cover and uh, she is in the hospital. They're seeing the brain scans. It's the same scans with Nomi where they're like, oh, shit, her frontal lobe's like, this is crazy. It's like metastasizing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we got to hear back from the neurologist, see what's going on. And, man, she seems like she's in a lot of pain right now, but we don't understand how she could even be moving with the amount of drugs we gave her. And then they make a side <laughs> comment about her drug use being like, well, you know, she has a really high tolerance for drugs. So Judgy. That you draw the conclusions there. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much her storyline. And then Will is looking over her. Mm-hmm. And then Kala and him are checking in on her. And well, I guess the, the other thing with Will is that he does talk to Jonas again. Mm-hmm. But is that, uh, is Nomi there too? Yeah. yeah, that's why I mixed them up a little bit. Yeah, their storylines are kind of pretty much converging at this point. Oh, well, at this point in the season, Will and Nomi in particular are basically just Paired up the doing time. the main plot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so Riley's having nightmares about the mountains, and then Nomi wakes up from that and is like, oh shit, they found her. Uh,. They haven't moved her to a more secure location in the hospital, which means they haven't figured out what she is yet. So I'm going to try and buy us a little bit of time. So she does some, uh, she's like, I, I, I need to hack in. I don't have any of my equipment. They stole all of it again. And then Will shows up and she's just like, hey, Will. And he's like, yeah, they definitely found her. And she's like, can you use any of your like cop codes to get some clearance on some stuff? He's like, nope, I've been suspended. <laughs> she's like, well, shit. And then there's a lovely knock on the door at Nomi's place, and Will is there, and he's just like, I would not answer that. And she's But like, she should. She does. And ho ho, guess who shows up? It's Bug. It's Bug. Being lovely. And he's essentially saying, like, hey, so the government is interesting because whenever they confiscate, like, illegal technology, particularly, like, hacking stuff, uh, 
they have to have an inventory of it and it's like a shopping list to me so when I saw the stuff that I sell, sold to you pop up on this inventory list that I keep track of I was like oh some shit's going down uh, so he hands her some equipment and she's like I can't pay you he's like dude if it weren't for you I would be in jail still so we're good <laughs> um, so he gets her some equipment and it's kind of a this might be a bit of a stretch, but it is kind of similar to, like, Will tapping in for coffee as he's, like, she's essentially, like, I don't have any weapons. Like, I don't I don't have any of the things that I need to help us in this situation. Mm-hmm. In the same way coffee is, like, I don't have any weapons on this bus. And Will's, like, yeah, you do. Let me punch out some guy and <laughs> give you a gun. And then Bug pops up. He's, like, yeah, you do. I got some equipment for you. So they're, they're gearing up, reloading, as it were, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Bug says. So. And uh, Amanita continues to be not uh, super <laughs> satisfied with Bug. <laughs> Bug. But he does call him. Uh, he he comes in and he's like, calls no mean Mike, and then he corrects himself. Corrects himself and. Yes. Amanita rolls her eyes. Yeah, but you know and, she'll uh, get. But there. you know then he has all that equipment, so that yeah. probably helps things a little bit. Just a smidge. So, anyway, uh, so Nomi is doing some fancy hacking. And Will is just like, wow, this is crazy because uh, you popped up like you just went through Australia Customs. And she's just like, yeah. He's like, how do you have that access? That. <laughs> and she says she's an all-access kind of girl. And, and so she's set up. Um, she's hacked into essentially like the hospital uh, system where Riley is. So if they send out anything pertaining to Riley, it's going to look like spam to any other computer. So she's essentially just trying to buy them time before they figure out who Riley or what Riley is and try and move her to a more secure location at PPO. Mm-hmm. And that is unfortunately when Jonas pops up to talk to Will and Riley, or talk Will and Riley. It's always how he pops up. He yeah. always just interjects like, hey, I've been listening the whole time. Yeah. Sorry. By anyway. the way, I've done something wrong. <laughs> My bad. And they're like, no, 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 you're fine. And um, Nomi's like, thank you for helping. And Jonas is like, yeah, we have a problem, though, because they're coming for Riley. And they're like, what do you mean? We've been, you know, Nomi's been hacking. We we think we got a little bit of time. And Jonas is like, haha, just kidding, because Whispers knows about Riley. And they're like, how does he know? He's like, because I know about Riley, because Nomi knows, mm-hmm. and Will knows. And if you guys know, that means I know. So... Whispers is coming for you, and they're like, "That's crazy! Why don't they just go in and swoop her? Why like have him essentially warn us through you that he's going to Iceland?" And Jonas yet again is like, "Do not underestimate him. He's very good at manipulating people. He's actually smiling right now because he knows that the only thing you guys want to do now is hop on the first plane and go to Iceland to save her." But you're gonna do it anyway. But you're gonna do it anyway, and that means he's gonna find you. So. That's this a fun is setup. A very interesting scene. Uh, a lot of ambiguity mm-hmm. <laughs> in this one, especially with that one line Whispers gets, where he tells Jonas not to tell them too much, mm-hmm. or it'll be, you know, suspicious essentially. Yeah. And that throws a lot of questions into their relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it's left very ambiguous whether Jonas is saying that because he's got all this. Uh, stuff on his head I forgot what those things are called Uh, they're you know they're monitoring yeah they're monitoring his brain apparently whether or not they somehow are able to just get knowledge from him that way that he has or whether he's saying that like he just told them Mm -hmm. (laughs) about it 
Yeah. And you're not sure because you don't know if Jonas is that trustworthy or not. Yeah. I'm trying to think about this in context of the whole show now. Yeah. I think Jonas's story on the whole is meant to be sort of about him being wanting the best for them, mm-hmm. but being torn between wanting the best for himself. Yeah. And he has occasionally interacted with whispers in a way that others have not to try to get security mm-hmm. but he also doesn't want them to do the same doesn't want whispers to do the same thing to them yeah so that's why he's so confusing yeah it's always seems to be a conflicting thing about his survival versus helping with the survival of his cluster that he mm. and angelica birthed because i believe he's the father of their cluster yeah yeah um, so yeah, it's kind of like this balancing act with him because it's clear that like Whispers is blackmailing him, but you don't, you're still not quite sure to what extent they're working together, like under how much duress he is. Um, to Whispers prompts him, but he's still telling the truth. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, to as far as we know, he's just like, hey, Whispers is coming for her. By the way, he's really good at manipulating people. I think the conclusion has to be in the end that he is trying to play everyone at once yeah and he doesn't always know whether or not he's actually the one doing it sort of right uh having seen all of it Mm. it feels like he always thinks he's the one in control but sometimes he definitely lets himself get used more than he is actually using others so he's even like doing this triple bluff thing sort of where it sounds like He's convinced Whispers that he's going to help him, mm-hmm. but Whispers probably doesn't actually trust him that much, mm-hmm. and he thinks he trusts him more than he does, Yeah. <laughs> and that he's going to like do that and also help out the Sensates, but kind of pretend like he's helping out Whispers, and he's trying to do all these things at once, and none of them are entirely successful. Yeah. He is managing to help them mm-hmm. still. But the fact that, I think what he says basically, the fact that he is trying to help them is also hurting them. Yeah. Because if he wasn't in contact with them at all, this wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. It's definitely a balancing act with him, but that's what I think makes him interesting is the more time you spend with him, the less sure you are of him. Mm-hmm. Um, which is tricky because, like we've talked about before in previous episodes, he is kind of like the exposition machine. He's the one that's been more or less giving them answers to some of the more, you know, fundamental questions they have about Sense8s. And yet it's clear from his interactions with them, coupled with a a couple of scenes with, like, Ursa, that, like, what he says is more like his opinion on certain things. And Mm -hmm. that might not be the common consensus among other Sense8 communities. Um, so it's tricky to trust him because you're like, is he manipulating them? So it's yeah. tricky. But They're anyway. very trusting of him right now. Yes. I think. Uh, I can't remember the I exact think, line, but... Uh, uh, Nomi's like, no, it was good. We're sorry we didn't trust you yeah. sooner. Yeah, she's like, of course we trust you. I think it's because he's like saved their lives by having Nomi and Will pair up because mm-hmm. Will got Nomi out of there and then Will feels bad because like... I think he might have like somehow blamed himself for Jonas being caught by whispers because he's like, no, it's my fault. Yeah. I should have trusted you sooner. And he's just like, yeah, but we, we need to figure out if you could trust me now. And I think Will is probably a little more iffy because of like the recent scenes where 
uh, he talked to Riley and they were warned about him and mm-hmm. they're kind of like, do we trust him? I guess we do. Whereas yeah. Nomi is very much like, well, obviously. Well, th- thanks yeah. for not letting me get lobotomized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that that is even going to shift a little bit more in season two. Mm-hmm. So, yep, it's interesting. Uh, who else do we have? Is that that's, it? That's basically it. It is the shortest episode. It's only clocks in at like 45 yeah. minutes. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I didn't check season two. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think any of them are shorter. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this is a pretty good penultimate one. Like we said before, storylines have to get wrapped up because they're kind of in the end game for season one where the overall storyline with Sense8 BPO stuff is needs to be addressed so all the minor individual personal storylines of the characters have to kind of be in a position mm-hmm. like you said where they are not in too much danger because they actually need to start helping each other it definitely feels very part one to the part two of the finale yeah because aside from coffee's who is really wrapping everything up mm. uh everything else is pretty much set up. I mean, Wolfgang is just preparing for the finale and everyone else is preparing for being more involved in the big arc plot in the finale. And even Kala, for example, is just sort of finding a good place to put herself in stasis until she can deal with this stuff next season. Yeah, it's also interesting because when she first meets Will, he's like, I've got your back. She's like, and I got yours if you need it. So she's also kind of gearing up to be like, Mm -hmm. you need my help. I don't really know what's going on but i'm here to help so and you um, know Lido is just off somewhere Lido is briefly enjoying enjoying life with her non you know Danny. being happy again yes yeah um so i think it's fun because there's a thrill of seeing it's a very quick scene but it, it's because one of them is passed out but there you get to see four of them together in one scene i mean mm-hmm. riley's in the hospital will and color are there and then coffee is pops up and is like hey guys i'm in trouble um and there's just almost like, and we've talked about before, it's like a, a really like almost visceral, like exciting thrill to be like, oh my God, they're they're together. Just because the whole season yeah. has been building where their storylines, when you first, you know, are introduced to these characters, you're like, I don't understand how they connect at all. Like they, they just seem like very separate, distinct storylines and even like distinct genres of, you know, stories. Well, there's a pretty big distinction between season one and two because season one is based so much around pairs in scenes together and then season two has so much more like it's like a literal everyone's here (laughs) not always everyone but like most of the time whenever there's a big event it's like everyone that can be here is here yeah um so it's it's just kind of thrilling because like they're the first time you get to see four of them together you're just like oh my god this is great and it's all just this momentum building towards all of them finally being introduced to each other and interacting mm-hmm. with each other and working together is exciting because there's so much individual potential for all of them. And then even when you pair up some of them, you're like, oh, my God, that's crazy. But having like a collective cluster together is just it's a thrill. So they're definitely building towards that at the end of this season. And it's a really good setup with this episode because even though it's short, it's like, all right, we got all the pieces where we need them to be to mm. finish this thing out with this season. So, so yes, who is your MVP of Sense8s for this episode? Yes, I would give it to Coffee. Yes, we talked about it. It's yeah. a, I mean, it's pretty much. 
considering it is the penultimate and they are setting up stuff for the finale it is essentially like his episode he gets like the most screen time this is his most thrilling episode yeah you know that he'll ever have because um, his plot in season two is really good but it's not like a action action. plot Yeah. yeah um yeah i would give it to him just because he's been building towards this decision for a while so it's kind of like oh yeah he obviously made the right decision and he didn't hand over amundi and you think i don't know how this is going to end with him but he seems to be in a good spot and then they introduce like a very beat up silas and you're like ah shit like he has an even bigger problem now Mm -hmm. um so well it's nice he kind of goes in with no plan it's just like this is like a moral decision more than anything just like well this is about me. I don't want anyone else to be involved. So I'm just going to go and see what they do to me. Right. And once Silas is there, it gives more of a goal. Like, yeah. oh, like maybe I'll try to escape with him. Yeah, it's like, we it need helps. to actually get out yeah. of here. Because I'm not the only... It's not just about me anymore. So, uh, yeah, I really like that. I like that he doesn't have a plan, but he's still trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just, you know, a real kick-ass driver, so... I'd give it to him. What about you? Well, I think he's logical. I'm going to give it to Sun just because... Right. Well, he and uh, Sun are so intertwined, it feels like... Obviously, if one of them has a big episode, the other one is usually involved. Yes. In some way. And Sun just gets so much. I think the scene with her brother is one of the most well-acted, dramatic scenes. Yeah, agreed. And then I think it's really cool how... Well, I'm also just giving it to her because she really does save the day for Kafia's there. Yeah. She she does a lot of murdering. She does. <laughs> and uh, there aren't that many cool examples of this where someone's individual plot can really tie in so well to them being involved in another person's plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have all sorts of people helping other people and having big things happen to themselves, but I think it's really clever in this episode the way it makes it more of a little standalone episode mm-hmm. of television where uh, she gets made so mad and frustrated by her brother and then she's able to release all of that by helping one of the others. That's mm-hmm. There's such a direct connection there. Yeah. And she has such a uh, easy-to-follow enclosed story in this one episode that's really, really cool to see. And yeah. I do really like the in between scene two where they um are punching the wall together i was gonna say that's probably my favorite shot there the episode Mm -hmm. where you just see their um their shadows too their silhouettes yeah while they're doing it and they're punching the wall yeah Yeah, i like it because uh sun obviously helps gothias during a fight but she's also kind of the one there for kala too um and they'll kind of touch upon that too in in season two but it's like she has a very set role for how for her like individual pairing relationships so like when she's usually paired up with Leto it's because she's sad and so he's crying and expressing it for her because she can't he's kind of like her emotional mouthpiece Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then when she's with Kafius it's usually her like saving his ass because he doesn't have the martial arts skill set that he needs to get out of a situation and then with Kala, it's like she's kind of like the firm, tough love with Kala being like, I know how you feel, 
this is how we're going to have to deal with it mm-hmm. because you're kind of the most indecisive. So, uh, yeah, she does help out Kala too in the the final scene of the sh- of the episode. So I like that. That's a good choice. So, yes. Decide kicks. I know this is tricky. Um, Felix is out. Felix is out. It's it hasn't stopped us. No before. Diego. There's, yeah, there's no Diego. No Hernando. Mm-mm. This should theoretically be easy. It should be Amanita, but she doesn't really do too much. I guess we could give it to Bug if we want. I think Bug still counts probably as a, more of a one-off character. Yeah. I know. Give it to I'm Jella, oh. actually. Oh, is that what I, you're going to do? I just love his reaction to... Yeah, uh, Amundi's interjection. Yeah. yeah, I would give it to him. I think he. It, there's something that, like, really really gets to me when he's just like I'll see you to, I'll see you tonight mm-hmm. and you're just like thank you because uh yeah oh yeah let's give it to him that's a good one we yeah. can both do him I like it yeah no I think it's it's just like he's a really good friend he knows that Coffee's is in a real bad situation but he's gonna try and help out anyway without having to go into the fray himself because that's obviously not what Coffee's wants so mm. yeah that's a good pick proud it's tricky mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. who's your one-off favorite I was thinking of maybe mr superpower oh, that's just too. because he yeah i don't know he captures me mm. it's he's his very height. uh very scary and super super not cool in this episode yeah uh, in many different ways he's but, very charismatic uh, though yeah there's something about his performance it's always a uh, scary and threatening when he's there <laughs> yeah I really like him as a character because he likes like he likes Gaffius like he even says he's like oh I'm really you're funny I like you Yeah. and even when in the previous episodes where he you know broke into their house and was just like oh I see that you and moms are real close it's like he's not obviously a great guy but he's making decisions based off of similar situations that Gaffius is in. Like, his family got threatened by Silas Kabaka because he refused to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's very easily something that could happen to Gaffius if he were to reject Kabaka. And so it's like they're at two opposite ends of the spectrum where they're both thrown into very similar situations and he kind of took the more violent route and Coffeeus is trying to do the right thing. Uh-huh. And so even when he's being very scary and not a great dude, you're like, I get where he's coming from. It's not awesome, but I can understand why he's doing what he's doing. And he's kind of a terrible person for it, but yeah, I would, I'd give it to him. I like his accent, too. Yeah, There's this line I always like mm. when he tells Coffeeus, uh, you aren't a man. Yeah. I can't even do it. He says, like, errant. Yeah. It's great. Great. I'm a fan. So your favorite, what was your favorite scene? The punching? With uh, like Sam the and Coffee? That was my favorite shot, yes. Oh, your favorite shot. I will yes. also throw one to the Van Damme kicking. That's my favorite. Because just the setup of that is... So great. It must have been complicated, but yeah. it's wonderful. It's very satisfying. I've, uh, like, never been more excited about someone getting hit by a bus. <laughs> so... Um, I give it to that favorite scene. I do you have one? I'm not sure. This episode kind of feels like it revolves around a few sequences, mm. and 
I feel like the obvious choice is just everything there with copies and superpower and all because it goes mm-hmm. on forever and uh, it's very exciting. Yeah. And well choreographed and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's like an action scene choice, you know, I suppose there could be another option elsewhere. Yeah, I think I'd give it to the sun and call a scene at the very end. Yeah, just because I like them paired up, but it it also is like a really good capper for the episode. Gets you like, excited. All right, guys, we're yeah. gearing up for the final episode of season one, so mm-hmm, I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Boom. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about the finale. Long it's time good. coming. It's good stuff. We'll be done with season one. We'll be like mm-hmm. halfway done. That's crazy. Um, but there are some changes that are coming, so I guess that's it. Anything yep. else? Nope. All right, let's sign off. This has been Vicky. This is Camden. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can write in reviews on Apple Podcast, And also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook. And you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. (laughs) Um, Also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.